0: Greetings to those who watch below. Today we are having our monthly roundup of those terrifying paranormal stories I found during my research. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B., Jess Black Curtain, Christina Groves and Lieutenant Punisher 666. For being those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership you can check out using the link in the description box. Also, please make sure to check me out on Instagram and Facebook at brimstone underscore below for sneak peeks into future videos and little looks at my daily life. Also, if you really, really like a video, you can now leave a super thanks. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy. Haunted Airbnb by AMC Jeep FTW. Just before the pandemic hit, my girlfriend and I took a vacation into the woods of Vermont. Getting there was absolutely amazing. We took our vintage Jeep on the several hour journey and enjoyed the stunning mountain views as we lumbered along the dirt roads toward our rented vacation spot. Getting there was amazing. Roads paralleling rocky rivers, the mountains, the trees, and the rumble of the engine. Honestly, I'm not sure any vacation spot can top the experience of getting there in that Jeep. The first night was a lot of fun. We sat in the hot tub looking at the stars, which were free of light pollution from the concrete wastelands that are cities. After a big dinner and probably too many episodes of American Dad, we went to bed. That night we heard an extremely loud boom coming from the front door, as if someone kicked it with everything they had. Honestly, I thought I dreamed it because I heard nothing after that, but the next day, I asked my girlfriend if she happened to hear it as well. To my surprise, she said she had. The path to the front door is soft dirt, and there is absolutely no way to get to and from the door without leaving perfect footprints. Opening the metal door, I saw only our footprints in the dirt, but there was a dent in the door. The door was metal, it had to have been hit extremely hard, something that somehow left no trace. This was obviously a red flag, but I didn't let it consume me, since after checking everything else around the house and our vehicle, it was clear nothing else was touched. Night 2's evening went much like the last. After a day of adventures, we sat down in the hot tub looking at the stars, had dinner and shows, then went to bed. This night would go a little differently though. After coming inside from the hot tub, I had a strong feeling we were being watched. We're all familiar with this feeling, and typically there is a source. A window, tree line, just around the corner, you know? But not this time. It just felt like it was coming from literally everywhere, as if every inch of that house was just consumed with eyes staring. There was even more to this feeling. I was also under the strong impression that if I acknowledged this experience in any way, that it was suddenly going to get a lot worse, so I said nothing. Sleeping that night was hard. In terms of noises, there wasn't much that wasn't just a multi-hundred-year-old house settling, but the presence grew stronger. It felt like I was trying to sleep, with strangers standing over me in the dark, and I certainly did not get up to pee that night. The morning of what would be our third and final night was a lot different. Until this point, The unsettling feeling was only at night, but this time, even in the morning, it was violently strong. I felt like at any moment, one wrong move was going to set a hundred poltergeists off, tearing the place apart. Needless to say, getting out of there on another day of adventures was all too welcome. Staying in that house on our third and final night was an absolute nightmare. I felt like I was on some kind of drug. Laying in bed, I got touched many times. My feet, shoulder, ear, hair. And when I wasn't being touched, I could hear breathing and these strange tingling feelings. There were all kinds of noises from the main part of the house as well. Walking, objects being moved. You would have thought there was a Thanksgiving gathering going on out there. That hostile feeling grew more and more intense by the moment. And finally, at around 2.30am, I was ready to take us home. I was very worried as to what would happen if I mentioned what was happening, or even move my body, but I knew I had to get us out of there. It was time to wake my girlfriend, throw everything in the back of the truck unpacked and go. Here's where it gets even worse. My girlfriend is an extremely light sleeper. If I so much as adjust my pillow, she wakes up, but not tonight. I tried shaking her, pushing her fairly hard and talking to her, but she would not wake up. The stairs to the bedroom were very high, and if I made one wrong move carrying her and she fell, it would certainly kill her, so I decided that since I couldn't wake her, we were trapped. I certainly wasn't about to leave her in this dangerous situation alone, so I didn't sleep. She would not wake up. I kept getting touched and the main part of the house was getting reorganised. The moment the smallest sliver of sun peeked over the distant mountains, all the action stopped. The hostility was very much still there, but at least the moving furniture and items had ceased. I was able to wake my girlfriend up, and we did what I wanted to do at 2.30am, without saying a word. Obviously, this rushed morning without coffee or breakfast, and absolutely no communication from me, was confusing to her. But once the house was in my rearview mirror, we both started bringing up the hostile feeling. She also felt like acknowledging it was going to set it off like a bomb. She shared all the same feelings until our third night. She slept like a rock and felt as though all she did was blink and it was morning. Living in the rural northeastern region of the US, you can't really be a complete skeptic of the paranormal. I never believed in the paranormal until moving out here. My childhood friends and I have all had many intense experiences. Some of these experiences we even had together. I don't know what was in that house with us, but it certainly didn't seem to be just one thing. But it did not like guests, and a poltergeist infestation would not be out of the realms of possible diagnosis. It's no surprise that nobody else mentioned this situation in the reviews of the rental, since the owners of the rental also review the guests. Nobody wants to be blacklisted on that app, and I am no exception. This place is just another reminder that when out for a walk at night, that watched feeling coming from the tree line past the cobblestone fence isn't always an animal, or your mind filling in the blanks that you can't see. Ghost or Worse Encounter, by Top Legolas. I lived with my cousin and her boyfriend out in a rural area of Melbourne, Victoria, for three months of 2020, during which I had three separate encounters with what I am convinced was a ghost, or maybe something worse. The house itself was big, spacious and spread out, with three rooms and a long, long corridor, the house was once a childcare centre that had been rezoned as a private property. So the corridor had two doors that were nailed shut, and no curtains or curtain rods, which left the windows exposed all the time. At night, it was absolutely creepy. It was on the main road, but so far back from the street and absolutely surrounded by trees and bushes that the street lights were barely visible. My first encounter was extremely terrifying and even thinking about it now scares me. I was in bed, long day at work in the hospital during Covid, extremely stressful. So I went to bed around 9.30pm. I remember waking up in that slow way you sometimes do at night, but it wasn't because I needed to use the toilet or get a drink. It was because I felt a heavy presence on the end of my bed. I slowly wake up and the presence on my legs felt heavier. I was trying to control my breathing, trying to move my legs, and the heavy presence moved up my body, until it felt like something was crouching on my knees slash thighs. I tried to pretend I was sleeping, because I felt like if the presence knew I was awake, something would happen to me. So I lie as still as I can. I sleep under three blankets, all of them wrapped around me, so I felt like I was safe. Until the blankets started slowly being pulled down from around me. I could feel the blankets being dragged back, and the presence shifted until it was on my hips just above my belly button. I tried to breathe as little as possible, as the blankets were dragged off me, and the mattress shifted beneath me, as if something was kneeling or standing on it. That was when I started to cry, biting my lips so I wouldn't make a noise. As the presence pulled the first blanket off of me, and started on the second, I genuinely felt like I was going to die, or be seriously hurt. So there I lay, in heart-pounding fright. I think I might have, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I think I might have passed out, because I remember that feeling of lightheadedness, and then nothing. The second encounter I had was, once again, when I was in bed, but I was nowhere near asleep. I had tried to watch a few episodes of Collateral on Netflix, but had given up due to stress about an upcoming uni assignment. I was lying in the dark, half covered by my blankets, when something took hold of my arm and tugged it out of my blankets and held it up in the air. Once again I froze, pretending to be asleep. My arm was perpendicular to my body, up in the air, and I could feel something heavy kneeling on my mattress next to me. I tried to breathe slowly as whatever it was held my arm in a tight grip. I remember desperately saying Hail Mary and trying to casually move my arm, as if shifting in my sleep. But all that happened was the mattress shifted, as if the presence was climbing onto the bed and it dropped my arm, which tingles for the rest of the night and felt like it had gone to sleep. Or how your elbow feels when you bang your funny bone. My last encounter, was an early morning one, because I remember seeing the sunlight through the gap in my blinds. I started to push my blankets off myself and climb out of bed, when something grabbed my waist and pulled me back down, wrapping what felt like an arm around my waist. I froze, unable to move, and this presence pushed up against me and something pressed up against my ear and whispered, No. I remember shaking extremely hard as I pulled myself out of bed and basically bolted from the room, smacking into my cousin's boyfriend, who was walking up the hall from their room. Them Soldiers is Dead by Mrs. Ramsey This is an incident about three years ago that was a watershed moment for me when it comes to believing in the paranormal. Before this incident, I rationalised that I probably just wanted things to happen that I could say were related to my deceased family members. Even though I was open-minded about things, when they would happen, my attitude was, okay. that's interesting, but we'll never really know if it's really supernatural. And then I went for a walk at a nearby Civil War battlefield, and found it is real. I prefer not to name this specific place, and there's a reason for that. There is very little on the internet about this area being haunted, and I think that's good, I consider this to be a hallowed ground and safe place, very near my neighbourhood, and I wouldn't want to attract people who don't care about the area, or are just coming to stir things up, or perhaps do weird ceremonies, or who might not respect the soldiers who gave their last full measure. I'd like to recount my experiences at this place in the order that I remember. Some of it might not be pertinent, but one of you might catch something I missed. So this battlefield is a national park, and it's also got miles of trails to walk upon. When I was younger, I'd run the trails every so often, but for some reason, even though it had the perfect shaded paths, I never really felt good about running there. Once, at least 10 years ago, while walking with some neighbour ladies, I got such an uncomfortable feeling that I told them to run. They just thought it was about exercise. I never told them, it was pure anxiety, and a real flight reflex in the light of day. At that time, I'd never felt that way in my life, I'm really afraid. At this park, there is a visitor center that's usually quite busy, with parking lots and sometimes reenactments. But in a more remote part of the park, there is a monument that was paid for by the people of Illinois in memory of their boys who died in one terrible battle in 1864. About 15 years ago, I wanted to take my then-boyfriend to see this monument. He was from out west and military, and I thought he would appreciate some Civil War history. After you park in the lot, you have to go down a path that's flanked by the dirt battlements, which were the positions of the southern cannon at the top of a steep hill, about the length of a football field and a half. The tall monument stands at the top of the hill, and as we walk toward it, the air seemed to get more humid, and the surrounding woods went dead quiet. We noticed half a dozen deer gazing at us from the tree line in a strange way. I can't think of a good way to explain it. Neither of us said anything at the time, but we were both surprised to discover much later that we both felt something strange. Fast forward. My preteen son and I went for a walk there three years ago in September. It was a Tuesday, a day off school, and it was about 2pm, As we approached from the downhill direction. The path we were on goes a little ways down to a creek, which is also the tree line where the Union troops would have been waiting and gathering. I had a new iPhone and took it out to take some photos of my son on the little bridge there. On a whim, I decided to walk up the hill with the recorder on. I'd been hearing some disembodied yells as we approached the area, but I assumed it to be some kids on the path in the trees. Could this have been the subconscious reason I turned the recorder on? I don't know. I've never tried to do EVPs, though had seen it on TV. I felt a little embarrassed and also did not want my son to see what I was doing, but I did it anyway. We walked up the hill to the battlefield. About halfway up, I asked my son if he heard the yells coming at regular intervals, maybe every two minutes. He said he did. He stood on a tree stump and waited while I huffed my way up the hill. We got to the top, took a few more photos at the monument, and then went back home, only passing one older couple the entire hike. When we got home, I listened to the tape, and definitely heard the yells. So did my husband. We also heard a sound that my military husband said has the sound and cadence of artillery fire, which we had not heard in person. And finally, When we turned up the volume, we realised we really had an EVP. When standing at the bottom of the hill, I captured a male voice saying, there's something here I don't trust, with a female laugh. At this point, I asked my son if he heard the yells. On the tape, you can hear a very deep voice say, here. And then, before my son answers, a young boy's voice very close to me can be heard saying, them soldiers is dead. A minute later, the same voice says, What's that? And I remember standing there and holding my phone out in front of me. As I told my husband, I could not have come up with that line, Them soldiers is dead, if my life depended on it. I'm very particular about grammar. The boy in the recording sounds younger than my son and closer to me than he was. I was amazed. Then I didn't listen to it for a long time. What can you do with it? Then the kids went to camp, months later, and my husband and I went out to dinner near the battlefield, and had a glass of wine, and discussed it again. We decided to stop by, nearing dusk on that summer evening. There were quite a few people at the monument. As we sat on a bench at the top of the battlefield, I thought I felt something touch the back of my hair, and reached up to swat that something away. Only later thinking about it, I realised it was not a bug, or anything else I could think of. It was like my hair flipping. Then we walked to the bottom of the hill to the tree line. My husband then mentioned that it smelled just like the wet canvas of old-fashioned military tents. You never forget that smell, my sceptic husband said, and I just answered, well I don't see any wet canvas in these woods, do you? He walked up the hill ahead of me, back to the parking lot, while I took my time trying to feel anything. I finally started up, somewhat disappointed that everything seemed normal. But as I walked up, I got so winded. By the time I crested the hill, where the most men had died and been burned, I felt like I'd run a marathon. I could barely catch my breath, and had to stop and lean on a fence a minute before making it to the car. At that moment I thought, wow, I am getting old and out of shape. But just a few weeks later, my son and I went to take photos for a school project and I walked up without even being winded, like it was nothing. That's when I realised my previous experience getting winded on that hill was more about anxiety and perhaps what those soldiers were feeling as they ran up that forlorn hope to their deaths. I drive by this place all the time, but have not been back since my son needed the photos over a year ago. I'm a little afraid to go back, even though I'm truly enamoured by the place and tons of people walk there every day to pay tribute to the fallen soldiers. One last thing. I sent my EVP to a local Civil War historian with my thoughts. He emailed back that he couldn't hear a thing. I really don't believe him. I believe he heard it, but won't admit it. He did tell me, however, that the battle took place killing more than 3,000 men in an hour on that hill, and it happened after the Union troops had been mired in our area with daily rainstorms that kept them and their equipment soaked for more than a month. Wet canvas. I saw a fiery figure appear and disappear in the park late at night by Psychophanta. Yesterday night, I was standing in my kitchen, doing the dishes at around 3am, as you do. Our sink is in an extended part of the kitchen, which is basically a utility balcony that we made part of our indoors, with double-paned glass that slides open on one side. Our apartment is on the first floor, standing at the sink One has a clear view of the society's private park, gym building, swimming pool and a glimpse inside the homes of downstairs residents of different building blocks. Scrubbing away half asleep, I was letting my eyes flit. I wasn't looking with any purpose or awareness, but after however many rounds of taking in the view, I was hit by a a sense of strangeness, so I focused and looked. It took me a minute to weed out the peculiarity in the picture. In the lawn of a ground floor apartment, there was a sitar-shaped, golden, luminescent figure. It was moving. Barely, but it seemed to be changing positions. Which is why I could figure out the shape. It was big enough to be visible clearly against the backdrop of the high-rise. The weirdest thing about it was the visual quality of its luminosity. The lamps in the park had starbursts. Lights from inside the homes were illuminating the balconies, the outer building walls, and some bits of the garden. The light from this figure, however, was touching nothing. It looked matte. A drop of bright golden orange in motion in a pitch black strip of the lawn. The kids in our housing society had been planning to camp out on the lawn for a while, so I dismissed it as a bonfire. It didn't look like one. There were no flames. I got the sense of a smooth, epoxy surface, with the light coming from some core inside it. I called out to my mum and brother, who were also awake and in the living room. We're a family of insomniacs, so we tend to burn the midnight oil quite often, which is an issue we should get around to addressing soon. But moving on. As I waited for them, I didn't take my eyes off the fiery shape, My mom and brother saw it too. My brother hypothesized that kids were using some sort of mechanical bonfire. My mom thought it was a Rakash, a creature from Indian mythology, made of fire and mostly sighted at night. They are ghosts that are strong enough to develop a corporeal form. Legends say if one of these formidable creatures decides to follow you, they won't be easy to get rid of. The possessed burns with fever, until they are too weak to keep the interest of the rakash. If a person has a strong spirit, they may be able to endure carrying it with them, but the strain destroys their verdure over time. Sometime during this mini mythology lesson, the figure disappeared. The dishes had also been washed. We went back to our dinner. Today, during our evening walk, we explored the area. There was a tree in that exact spot, Since it wasn't the dead of night and we were more inclined to conversation, we discussed it and felt much more disconcerted about the sighting than we had the night before. We'd seen it, we barely gave it any attention and moved on to dinner, ablutions and bed. Maybe we were in a trance. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. If you liked it, make sure to leave a like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, making sure to hit that notification bell so that you never miss a video. So, until next time, sleep tight.